my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. All right, so this is our reaction section, and we're going we're gonna to start off with if we believe that interest rates will get cut. So, so the Fed basically said there's a Jerome Powell basically indicated that for 2024, he sees three rate cuts coming. And here's why we want to talk about it. Like we should talk about this because interest rates affect the entire economy and they directly affect indirectly affect marketing at the end of the day because it's spending, right? So what are your thoughts first, Neil? Like, you know, do we think it's going to be cut three times? I think that's a little, that's a little optimistic, but. Uh, it's election year next year. They say economy typically booms in election year and, you know, historically it has. The Fed has also come out and said, hey, it's potential. We never said we are cutting three times. To be clear, they never said they are going to cut three times. Um, they indicated that they may or may not uh, cut, but that's what it's leaning towards. And they said very clearly, it's too early to decide how many times they got to look at a lot of other signals. Um, and the way I look at it is, I think it's going to be something where they cut either very little, you know, one, two times, maybe even three, or they're going to cut deep. Um, and it's not about how many times they cut, like cutting 0.25 each time is only 0.75%, which seems like a lot, but based on where interest rates are right now, it's actually not that much. Uh, especially if you're doing things like buying businesses, you know, and using that capital to grow, like 0.75 doesn't have that big of a difference. If you're paying the bank eight and a half, nine percent interest, it going down from eight and a half to eight or from nine and a half to eight and a half, not that big of a difference compared to what we're used to and what we were making a lot of our financial decisions based off of. But if the data starts coming in good on the inflation side and much worse on the economy side, I think they can, they'll cut much deeper. Uh, and I don't think we'll know until, you know, we start the new year and we start getting really into it. I'm hoping they cut more than 0.75%. So here's what Jerome Powell said. So um, the Federal Reserve is willing to cut rates even if the U.S. economy doesn't dip into recession. And he also says that Powell... So he says, now the Fed is seeing progress on inflation across the, the three main core areas, right? And here's the thing, like 
I think people are celebrating a little prematurely right now. I, I think my base case is still recession next year. And um, I think people are like, oh, the, the markets are ripping. You know, everything's good again. It's time for a bull market again. So, you know, I, I think that, that being said, it's like I, I think it's for me, I'm just like being vigilant at the end of the day. And that's how I feel about it. I don't know how you're looking at it. Dude. I look at it as we're already in a recession. I don't care what they classify as recession or not. We've had some quarters with slower growth, um, you know, and I don't know the economic definition of a recession. No, it's just two two quarters in a row. Didn't Negative we already GDP. have two quarters in a row? We, we, and we, we did. They just didn't want to yeah. declare it. Yeah, but the way I look at it as if they don't see things slowing down, harder to sell a home, harder to buy a home, harder to uh, buy food. Harder to to spend more money, harder to grow your business and maintain customers and revenue. You know, if this isn't a recession, I don't know what is a recession. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right. So I want to move over to, there's this nice, uh, so Neil, I subscribe to this thing called this publication called the information. I don't know if you subscribe to them, but I, I love it. Look, look at this picture of the besties over here. So you got Jason Calacanis, David Freeberg, David Zacks, uh, Chamath, you can see like a star, uh, a starship from SpaceX floating up there. Um, but this piece is basically like, it's, um it's kind of congratulating the besties, but also kind of, uh, talking down a little bit to them as well, uh, like kind of a mini hit piece that the besties revenge, how the all in podcast captured Silicon Valley. 
So the reason why I wanted to call this out is because one, I think it's it's interesting because what these guys have built over here. So a couple episodes ago, we talked about how Jason Calacanis over here and Chamath started all in podcast during the pandemic. And then uh, Freeberg came on as a guest and then David Sachs eventually joined and they, they started making it a really entertaining podcast. And now it's become such a thing where they just had, they, they had two conferences. I went to both conferences. They, you know, I met a lot of great people there and uh, they had, you know, people like Vinod Kosla, Elon Musk speaking, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Mr. Beast was speaking as well, CEO of Coinbase. So a lot of amazing people, right? And they built this media empire around this now and they're looking to now hire a CEO and they believe it can be a media company that generates over a billion dollars a year, right? And not only that, it brings them a lot of deal flow at the end of the day. So I wanted to, I wanted to give us a chance to, to react to this one because I think it's really impressive what they've done. I think it's super impressive what they've done. I don't think it'll generate a billion dollars a year in revenue, uh, at least from the media side. Maybe they'll invest in a company that'll generate them over a billion dollars. I wouldn't pass that, you know, pass any of them. What I look at the All In podcast for, what's funny is years and years ago, I used to use, read TechCrunch a lot. Now, I don't really read TechCrunch often at all. I'll get my news from what's happening in Silicon Valley from All In podcasts or Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, versus going to TechCrunch now. And I think it's a better form of you know one of those journalistic websites, so I call it TechCrunch, because the All In podcast crew, they don't really hold back. Whether you like them or hate them, they say what's on their mind and they don't care what other people have to or what other people think. And I respect them. And that's one of the reasons I like the podcast. Yeah, look, I, I think it's it's so also we called it in a couple episodes ago. It's they changed their format. The initial format was really boring because it was just Jake Cal and Jamath talking about, hey, their tech investments and everything. And when they joined it, like and and like, you know, it, it's it's interesting listening to that. But now they bring on people like presidential candidate Vivek, uh, Ramswamy, and then uh, RFK. Uh, they bring they brought in Tucker Carlson as well. And like these episodes are very entertaining. And they, they ask good questions too. And it's also funny to see them needle each other. Like that is entertainment at the end of the day, right? Um, it's p- people like controversy. And the other thing too, like this this hit piece, by the way, like, go Yeah, ahead. like what to do an example of this is of, of, the, of them messing with each other. Uh, some of them were messing with Chamath for not being an entrepreneur, right? I, I think yep. uh, in one of those Cal. And, you know, he says on the podcast, he's like, well, I'm the richest one on the podcast. Who here has more money than me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're not an entrepreneur, but whether you like it or hate it, you did speak the truth. Yep. He, you know what he said? Uh, so, so Jay Cal's like, Jay Cal got really upset. He's like, you know, I, I built a $10 million business, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, uh, what, what have you built Jamath? Right. And then Jamath was like, you know, guys, like it must be so tilting that the one that didn't start anything has the most money. And then, <laughs> and then it just got quiet. So, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I look, it goes back, like, here's the key takeaway for everyone here. It's like, okay. Um, Going back to our predictions, what's going to be big? Podcasting will continue to be big. YouTube will continue to be big. And I think if you have, you're doing something interesting in the world, that means you have something interesting to say. So why aren't you going out there? And why aren't you going out there to create content? Which actually leads to our next topic over here. Are you ready, Neil? Yeah. Okay. So I, I read this over the weekend. So this got me to think about creator operators, right? But this guy over here, I believe he's a developer. And he wrote this piece over here called Writers Who Operate. And I highly recommend reading it. So this guy's name is Will, a.k.a. Lathane. And so he says, look, 
Occasionally, folks tell me that I should write full-time, quote-unquote. I've thought about this a lot and have rejected that option because I believe that writers who operate, for example, write concurrently with holding a non-writing industry role are best positioned to keep writing valuable work that advances the industry. This is a lightly controversial view, so I wanted to pull together my full set of thoughts on this topic. I'm going to read some of the bullet points here and we can react to it. Um, I recommend reading the whole thing. But here's the themes that I want to work through. So he says, evaluating believability for operators is much easier than for non-operators, right? Second bullet point, the pursuit of distribution changes about what changes what and how authors write. For example, it pulls towards topics that are trending. So let, let's sit on these two for a moment. The, the, the bullet point that I just read is like, when you start to become a creator, eventually what happens is you start to create based on trends because you want to get the most views at the end of the day, right? Now, the first bullet point here is like, you know, when you are, are talking about, you're trying to evaluate something, well, an operator is going to have, they have actual experience. So they can evaluate something more to the truth than the non-operator can. Does that make sense, Neil? Okay, so look, we can continue down here, but um, yeah, look, you guys, you guys can end up reading it. But the the big thing is, you know, he believes or she believes is a he. And bet is he. Right? It's a he. It's so a he. He he believes that writing helps them become a better operator and gives them a better perspective of what's really happening. Well, no, no, no. It's uh, yes, that, but more so, he believes an operator having operating experience as a writer is better than just being a pure creator. I agree with that. I think no matter what content you're creating or what you're doing, if you have experience in it, you're going to be better off. I think the people reason people read a lot of my content, at least with marketing, isn't because of my writing skills, because I know I don't have the best grammar or spelling. In almost everything, I have errors. Even though I use Grammarly, that's helped a lot, but still I have errors. <laughs> and it's because of the experience, the data, the stuff I can share that other people can't because they haven't experienced it. I think that's what makes content amazing. It's not about how skillful you are using the pen or, you know, typing up some, hitting some keypads on your keyboard. It's about what you have to share, like the, you know, like the meat of it. And that really comes down from having a lot of experience in whatever you are writing about. I think without that experience, yes, you can share based on other people's experience or interviewing them or surveying them or talking to them, whatever you want to do. But it's still not the same as if experiencing something yourself. You know what I'll say? I mean, some people obviously write very beautifully. They're very good with their their words, right? And that's neither you or me. Um, but two other bullet points I want to call it here, and, and then we can we can continue on here is, you know, the, in tech or business, for example, you have invalidation events that happen in an industry. And so what what this means is that, for example, we just came out of a zero interest rate environment for like 15 years or so, where interest rates were very low and money was basically free, right? It's very easy to borrow money as well. And people got very sloppy. People got very lazy, right? You saw people funding a lot of companies that shouldn't have gotten money. Um, but now we're in a post-ZERP environment, so post-zero interest rate environment. And it's actually difficult for non-operators to understand what's actually happening because for, for Neil and I, we both have businesses, right? We, we know exactly how it feels and we can see what's going on with friends that we have or customers that we have, whatever it is exactly. And the other thing is like when you operate, Neil and I have so many topics we can pull from. There's so like I spend 90% of my time on the business, same thing with Neil as well. And we can just keep pulling and pulling and pulling. And so that goes all the way back to the whole creator operator thing. I think there's going to be a lot more of those. And um, I think if you're operating, you now is like a really good time for you to start creating. And um, I really recommend reading this piece. Like there's really good examples. Like you have Hunter Walk that does this. Um, and 
it doesn't matter which medium, just go out there and create because your experience is valuable. Anything else, Neil? That's it. Make sure you give this podcast a five-star rating. We really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. All right, that's it for today. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Check out this video over here and let us know what you think about this format and we'll see you tomorrow. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.